All right, welcome back to the Hustle Mentality Podcast. It's been a little bit more than forever since I've uh, jumped on a mic to discuss uh, people's passion and hustle, Um, but I'm back, and I'm excited to have my first guest, which is my brother. His name is Ray, and we're going to discuss technology um, and also learn what type of habits and the hustle mentality you need to be successful in the consulting world. So, uh, listen in. This year, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, not only are we going to just uh, speak to business owners and people who are hustling out there, we're also doing a, a, like a tech version of it as well, where we talk to people in the industry and talk to them about how to get into these tech positions as well as what's going on technology-wise. Um, for my first episode, I decided to bring my brother, Ray Phil Johnson. Uh, he's actually a uh, consultant. He's been in um, tech for the last 15, 16 years. I thought he'd be the best interviewee for this relaunch, I guess. So, Ray, how you doing today? Doing great, Brian. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I'm glad you were able to join us uh, this time. I know we've been trying to do this for a while. I've been really busy with all these different side hustles. Um, and I know you've been pretty busy with your uh, family as well as work. So I'm glad we were able to do this. So before we start, um, can you tell um, the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, no problem. So like Brian said, I've been in the tech industry in data and AI for the last uh, 16 or some odd years, 15 with the same company. Um, I've, I've worked mostly within the data engineering and advanced analytics, analytics architecture space. And I'm currently overseeing a specific region for data in AI and IoT as a whole. All right, great. That's a, a mouthful right there. I still don't know what he does. <laughs> Every day I talk to him, he says something, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not up my alley. But I want to <laughs> talk a little bit about technology with you. This episode is an intro episode. We're not going to be very long, but I do want you to tell me a little about what are some of the new trends that are going in technologies that you're seeing. So in emerging technology, Brian, uh, some of the big things happening in data and AI are around digital twin. So digital twin enables a company to basically create replicas that allow someone to learn about some of the more complicated spaces and either manufacturing or potentially chemical world uh, where being there present in real time makes create a danger, right? So it kind of, it eliminates those dangers. It eliminates the uh, the opportunity for something bad to happen while also enabling that person to learn. A uh, good example is, you know, Brian, with us growing up, dad working in uh, steel industry, basically you can create digital replications of some of the environments that he worked in so that people could learn without being there present in, in, the, uh, in the field at the time. So 
it's pretty cool uh, from a manufacturing perspective. And then again, in, in the steel industry allows for people to safely learn uh, while also being able to use that practical knowledge and go out into the space and, and, and make a difference within, within the world. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So you say data analytics, and I think you said something about AI, right? Yeah. So every time I think about AI, I'm thinking like George Jessens and seeing all these spaceships, self-driving and all that stuff. I know we're not there yet, but tell me when you talk about AI, what does that mean? And are we getting there or where do, where, what do you see the next four or five years with AI? Yeah, yeah. So at, at the very basic level, when I say AI, I'm talking about uh, creating some kind of model or some kind of learning mechanism programmatically uh, so that at, as you put in a sequence of different steps, it learns from those steps. It learns from those steps and then can do specific um, actions based off of what you have suggested, right? So these are suggestions that become practice for that model, essentially. Um, not essentially the, the George Jessen situation, but there are, you know, there are a lot of uh, examples out there where they are using AI to to be more effective and more co conversational yeah. um, as opposed to, you know, a robot kind of walking around your house. Um, there are situations where they have robots they're testing out, but they're not just roaming around your house uh, as easily. Some that do that we, you know, kind of interact with every day is like a Roomba. Roomba is a set of uh, sequential steps that you, you kind of put into a computer, you put into some kind of robot. Um, but some of the more advanced versions of Roomba and the technology and the software around it learns from your behaviors and learns from when you do this and learns from when you do that so that it can be a more effective cleaner. Okay. I mean, I mean, that makes sense. But I also, in marketing, we have all these different AI, um, they call it AI, but they have these responses based off of questions. Um, we use them in social media. We also use it like any like email that's automatic, right? So if someone says, hey, I'm looking for a job, then it pops up and say, what city you want to be in? So is that considered AI or what is that? Yeah, that's that's a that's a good question. So that one, depending on how it is programmed, it could be either AI or IA. And I know you're probably like, okay, those are just the same letters. You just kind of put them backwards, but there's there's a difference. So AI is when you essentially create a, a program and then it decides that it can start making decisions based off of learning from your decision making. Um, IA is essentially when you're creating a set of steps that are programmatically going to be followed regardless, right? So um, what you're what you're explaining is like chatbot or conversational kind of AI where it can fit in either one depending on what the company wants it to do. If the company is not asking for that chatbot to really make a you know make a decision on its own, then it's it's probably more IA, right? There's only a certain sequence, and then it, it defaults to a escape route, basically like an escape routine that brings you somewhere else, right? But if it if it constantly is learning and then even after it has a conversation with you, it takes back data that it learns for the next person. And that's more AI. Does that make sense? Uh, I get it. I, I think I got it. <laughs> uh, so like the podcast is hustle mentality. Um, 
we always talk about how to, you know, be great at your craft or start a business and while you're working, um, as well as just being able to hustle and, you know, get things done. When I started this podcast, I wanted to really understand the ins and outs. And really, when people listen to this podcast, I want them to learn something on how to either take the steps on doing that hustle or learn a little bit about the industry and being able to be able to do what you're doing, right? Let's get to the hustle, right? So when you talk about being in consulting, which you are in, which is probably one of the, I think it has high turnover rate. A lot of people can't cut it. A lot of people uh, try it and it's not for them. But tell me a little bit about you. You, you, you've been working there for such a long time, and I've seen you move up like a million times. And then I see a lot of people leave the the industry. So tell me why you feel like you have to have a lot of hustle, and also just talk about how you get into your industry and move up. Yeah, no, definitely, that's a good question. So uh, getting into the industry is is a bit different than in staying in the industry. So I, I tell everyone that I interview, um, you know, for any of the roles of the company, the, the best way to, to get into the industry is, is not as far as focus on, on technology or your technical capabilities. It's more on your problem solving skill. So being a consultant is first and foremost, a problem solving role. So you're, you're constantly talking to new clients, new people new industries, new companies, and understanding what makes them tick. Once you understand what makes them tick, then you understand what their problem is, and you understand how to address those problems. So that's that's bottom line. How do you get into like, consulting? Technology consulting is now looking at how do I layer on what I know from a technical know-how onto what they need. That's it. Um, and that, and that's, that's like the best way to get into the industry. So if you're looking at Hey, I want to work in the Microsoft technology because I heard it's this, I heard it's that. Uh, the easiest way is to actually go and research the tools that you think you know. Um, understand, you know, why a company would use those tools, and and, and really, you know, kind of own in on what are the common practices or use cases for that tool. Um, and that's that's the easiest way to kind of get your foot into the door of hey, I think I could be a good consultant, or you can easily find out that you don't want to be a consultant because you don't want to tackle that many kind of ideas and problems and, and you just don't want to do that. Um, staying in there. Um, so I think your, your second question is like, you know, how do you, how does it staying power or how did I move up? Um, one of the things I do enjoy a lot about consulting is that it's constantly giving me an opportunity to reinvent myself. Um, every year there's a, there's basically an opportunity to kind of break down what you've done the year before and then rebuild as to something new, right? So you're selling yourself, you're talking about your attributes, but it also challenges you to, to kind of think about what problems you are solving for the company itself. How are you impacting the company? How are you making it better? Um, essentially is what it is. And, and that's, that's been the, you know, the stepping stone for me in my career. So every time I thought I, I reached a point where I understood what my role was, I kind of stopped, stepped back, and then said, well, what what should two levels above me be doing, right? And when I look at what two levels above me should be doing, then I said, that's where I'm going to make a niche for myself. So I keep reinventing myself. So 
I feel like consulting is probably the closest, one of the closest things to entrepreneurship. Can you tell me a little bit about how you have to be an entrepreneur to be really successful? Yeah, that's a that's a good it's a good analogy. So I guess or I guess good comparison rather. So entrepreneurs are constantly uh, faced with the situation that either uh, you do something or you or you don't bring home money or you don't bring home food, right? So, and there are days when you may not bring back food. Uh, because you're you, you have to do certain things with within building your your business. I would say it's very similar with consulting. There there are a lot of times where you put yourself out on a limb. Uh, you think you know what you're talking about, especially when you're young. Um, you think you know what you're talking about, and then uh, a client can easily easily shoot you down. <laughs> can easily shoot you down just just as quickly as you thought you were you you were a meaning in their life. And uh, and that basically it, it kind of takes you through that whole path of, you know, did I do the right steps? Right. As an entrepreneur, you're always thinking, hey, did I do the right steps? Did I did I make uh, the right impression uh, for what I want to do with my business? Same thing for consulting. You're constantly thinking in your head, did I make the right steps? Is this going to help the project? Is this going to help me continue working with this company? Yada, yada, yada. Uh, in the end, yeah, I feel like I, I get what you're saying. But I, I think from my perspective, um, marketing, I'm not marketing, but the consulting wise, you guys have to learn how to sell yourself internally as well as externally. What I mean is you guys have to be pretty valued to the customer to get on, on a job, right? So you're you're pretty much your own business because I remember when you first started, you used to have to update your resume all the time with new skill sets and stuff like that. And it was like you were applying or you were interviewing for new jobs all the time within your role as a consultant. So not to interrupt you, but I really think that's one of the things for me that really shows how you have to be pretty much an entrepreneur. You're you're pretty much selling yourself to your company. You're selling yourself you're selling yourself to potential uh, people who are ready to invest in your company, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's cutthroat too. So I think you've been really positive on your industry, but from what I'm seeing, it's pretty cutthroat. If you're not billable, if you're not someone who can sell yourself, which I think is the number one thing with sales, the number one thing with entrepreneurship, if you can't sell yourself or you can't sell your product, you really don't have a business. Um, I know I kind of interrupted you, but can you talk on that a little bit? Yeah, no, I think you, I think you hit it on the head. Yeah, it, you know, I did kind of <laughs> paint a rosy picture of what consulting is, um, but there are aspects of it where you're not only selling to your 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 potential client, you're selling to internally that hey, I can I can do this work. Um, and then you're also turning there's a third person, right? You're, you're kind of also turning around and saying, hey, I'm worth X to yourself. Right. And uh, I think the the last one is probably the one that, that burdened me the most. Um, again, you, you kind of mentioned it um, watching me kind of do this for the last 16 years. There's always that right before I would get on a project, I would have major anxiety. Uh, because it, it it was the not only am I going to sell myself the right way in front of the client, but 
but then I'm doubting my skills. I'm doubting whether I, I'm going to be the, the person that stays in a project. I was doubting whether they would re replace me really quickly. And then that does bring your value down or in your head, it brings your, your value down to the organization. Although you can always rebuild it. There's always a way to make yourself marketable, but when you're looking at it as, hey, I really want this project or I really want to do this new technology. Um, and then you're nervous about whether you're going to slip up. That's where that anxiety kind of sits in. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, you said something about anxiety. And I think anxiety is super prevalent when it comes to entrepreneurs, side hustles, as well as in your, you know, work life, right? So my issue was feeling kind of like an imposter when I started taking these more, I say, leadership roles within companies. And also, while I'm starting my um, videography company, right, I, I feel like an imposter. Like, I, I, I've studied, I've done everything, and I still, when I go inside a job, and these people come and talk to me, and they're, they're like, hey... I have questions and I'm like, oh crap, am I making stuff up or am I really, am I really the expert in the room? So tell me about like overcoming imposter sy syndrome in your industry, especially when you are probably a young guy, I think 22, 23 when you started and you go into these multi-billion dollar companies and you're supposed to be the expert. Yeah. So um, imposter syndrome. Uh, it happens to all of us. Um, anxiety is there. Concerns are there. You know, we're thinking about what our next steps are. I don't really think that I, I got over it, to be honest with you, being humble, a humble moment here on the on the show. Um, but there are ways to work around it. I definitely do think after 16 years, I still, I'm still getting anxiety. I, I got it the other day when my boss told me my targets for the end of the year. <laughs> Um, and, and she meant well, but you know, there's still that, that, that there's always that thought of doubt, although you, you, you say, Hey, I can make this work. Right. So, um, to your question, how do I kind of get over it or how have I worked through it? It really is focusing on things that I do know. So I, I do know that for me in particular, I, I have this role. I had an interview for the role. I had to be chosen for the role. I had to talk to a number of people for the role. And although I might not be 100% what they thought I would be for the role, there is that confidence that came with, hey, he's the right person for the role, right? So I use that um, and then, you know, kind of battle against my own my, my, my own mind. My thoughts are, hey, you shouldn't do this or, hey, you you might not be equipped for this. So I'm constantly using those things that I do know to kind of fight against what I, I feel at the time. You mentioned earlier about kind of walking in with multi-million dollar companies and, and having conversations with them. I don't make a uh, error of thinking that I know more about their business than, than they do. It's impossible, right? They're the experts in that area. They're the experts in that business. I'm an expert in what I do. Um, so I use what I know, again, of being an expert in this consulting arena for Microsoft technology, and I use that for our conversations. I don't I don't try to, to act as if I know better than them or know more than them. Um, it's better when we've been able to collaborate than for me to walk in and say, hey, I know this and and you don't know that because that doesn't that never works well in consulting. Never. <laughs>
But um, we're not here to uh, to sell your consulting <laughs> company. We're here to just really learn about the industry. And I think we were able to pretty much take the tip of the iceberg when it comes to technology. And um, that's why I wanted to um, have you as my first guest this year, because it's been a while since I've been on, um, you know, that I've been uh, working a few like more like, I wouldn't say permanent side hustles, but ones that are taking a lot more time versus the ones I used to have. So uh, I've been really excited to not only be able to share that on the ep- on future episodes, but also, um, you know, I'm, I'm at a point where I have my workflows pretty uh, down packed where I can revitalize uh, this podcast. And believe it or not, I haven't put one out in about a year and a half, two years. And I still have about 20 people listening a a week. So um, I know it's not a lot, but that's that's still pretty uh, exciting to see people are listening to the content that um, I put out. Um, But, Ray, I I thank you for coming on this episode. Um, And I do want to announce that Ray is not only my first guest uh, with this relaunch, he's actually going to be um the co-hosts of this uh hustle mentality so i'm really excited to uh bring you on uh i'm extremely excited especially if uh i get the opportunity to talk to people uh similar to what you just did to me (laughs) yeah but it's it's all good i'll tell you right now it's a lot easier on this side to be uh asking the questions versus being the guy answering so yeah um yeah so do you want to give like a little overview? I know I said a little bit at the beginning, but what what type of program or content we're trying to bring? Um, so we're not losing the core of uh, hustle mentality. We're just expanding it. So can you uh, talk about it a little bit? Yeah, no, definitely. I think you kind of, like you said, you, you did a really good job at the beginning of it, just kind of setting its tone. But it's really exciting for us to really drive into the passions. Like I'm looking at this and I'm saying, hey, it's not just a technology conversation, but it's the passion around the technology. Most of the people that we're going to be talking to have have done this field for X amount of years, X being more than six months. There are people who have just gotten into the field and and have their own point of view, but there are people who have been in here for 20 plus years and have their own pony boot. It's all good to hear what their passion is and I understand how it relates back to, again, the ultimate hustle. And the end of this is all about comparisons between people who are doing their nine to fives and and saying, hey, this is my passion, or the people who are doing above and beyond and saying, this is my passion, plus this is what makes me wake up in the morning. Uh, so again, I'm really excited about it because this this is a conversation that everyone has in the, in, in, the, in the background, they might not say, hey, I'm working on this. And they might not say, hey, this AI is exciting to me because they don't want people to think about, you know, hey, you're not focused on this, but it, it's a good opportunity for us to take them out of their comfort zone, kind of talk about what they're really passionate about, get a better understanding of what, you know, what's coming up in the future, as well as just have a conversation. So yeah. as long as it's, it's conversational, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Well, Ray, thanks for uh, taking time to talk to me. I'm really excited. I know we keep on saying excited. It's one of our favorite words. 
Um, we re I'm really excited to move forward with this um, new platform um, and this new way of relaunching it. And I thank you for uh, actually coming on the show and uh, talking to me. Um, so appreciate it. Thanks, Ray. Uh, thank you. I'm looking forward to it.